guys, this is Rick coming at you with Weed to No Basis, the podcast for all things cannabis business related. Are you an entrepreneur? Have something you wanted to create, something you wanted to bring to life in the cannabis industry? Maybe you've always wanted to partake in one of the biggest industries in modern day history. This is the podcast to listen to that. My name is Ben Pascal. I'm the founder of Turf Nutrition. Uh, I like long walks on the beach and I love a sativa strain to go with my coffee in the morning. Um, I could spend all day talking to you guys about my business, but honestly, I think the journey that I had getting to where I'm at today is going to be a lot more impactful for you guys, as well as maybe influencing some of you or even your kids to be more open about the cannabis industry. But of course, this whole journey did not happen overnight. I have had an entrepreneurial mindset since a young kid, selling everything on Craigslist, starting lemonade stands. I always wanted to go out and sell as much as I could. But the cannabis part of it actually didn't hit really until high school. And of course, if you told my high school self that I was going to be telling you guys about my cannabis experience in front of a lot of people, I would think I was either really high or wasted. So it's definitely something that I was not expecting to do, especially at my age right now. So I grew up actually in Northern Virginia. My company's right now is based out of LA. So coming out from Northern Virginia, it's a very conservative state, just like Texas here. So it was definitely something that was not normal to be talking about, that cannabis is something I wanted to explore, especially in high school. So I was diagnosed with ADHD at a pretty young age, like a lot of the kids in my generation. Adderall was forced upon a lot of people as well. So before I even started taking Adderall, my sleeping habits were really thrown off. Insomnia was a serious deal for me. So I actually started realizing that with lack of sleep, my mental health started getting affected even worse. So that was something that was just a downfall at the time. Of course, for some of the people who don't know what Adderall is, Adderall is an extreme stimulant. So that can definitely kind of mess up your central nervous system to affect your sleep, your mood, a lot of other things, even your appetite. So that being said, I started using cannabis recreationally. And the nights that I was using cannabis, I realized I was probably getting the best sleep of my, of my life. And this was pretty, pretty concerning though because I couldn't bring it up to my parents. I couldn't tell my mom, hey mom, I just smoked a joint. You know, that's not something that most parents wanna hear, especially in high school. So at that point, I really, I really wanted to kind of continuously thinking about cannabis. I went over to college, and at that point, the workload really started picking up. With that being said, I continuously started taking Adderall to keep up with the workload as well. One thing I noticed though is of course, since there was no regulation at that point, I didn't know who I was getting the cannabis from or where they were getting it from. All I knew that it was different colors, different consistencies, and just all different types, but I had different effects each time I had a different strain. So some nights I thought, okay, this is perfect. I'm gonna smoke a little bowl, go to sleep, and that's it. But go to find, I might have been smoking a sativa without even knowing. So that means it's just gonna stimulate yourself as well so you wouldn't get to sleep. You start overthinking everything. I started learning about the endocannabinoid system, started learning about cannabinoids. I started learning about different strains, about terpene profiles that created these strains. That's what really started making me realize that cannabis is the avenue that could open up the opioid epidemic and kind of put that to rest. And so that's when I started realizing that I wanted to create my passion and my career off of the cannabis industry. But of course, I was in Virginia and I had no idea where to start because I couldn't talk to my professors, I couldn't talk to my parents, I couldn't talk to my counselors about what my career path is gonna be because they still had the stigma that cannabis is a drug, it's a felony, 
Or if I told them I was going to sell cannabis, they thought I was going to be the next Scarface. So that's obviously not something that anybody wants to deal with, especially as a kid. Of course, graduation snuck up on me, stuck up on me a lot quicker than expected. And at that point, I pretty much did what, I ex what my parents expected me to do, which was get a corporate job, do the basic thing, because at the time, and the way that I grew up, the only way to be successful is to graduate high school, graduate college, get a corporate job, work your way up, and then once you have enough capital in your 50s, 60s, then you can start investing in the company of your dreams. But of course, I was freaking wrong. That was something that I was just misled the whole time. It's never too late and it's never too early to start where you want to be and for your passion. You should always be happy with what you're doing. So that's something that really stuck to me. So after, after that year about doing an IT job, uh, I actually ended up getting an opportunity to do a little bit more outside sales, which sales has always been my passion, like I mentioned. Uh, I worked with a company called ADP, which was a human capital management company, and I was specifically focused in their small business division. So I was working with business owners every single day. I was meeting one to five business owners, four to five days a week. And at that point, I really started being able to just more interview these business owners and ask them how they got to where they're at, how they make the jump from going from a corporate job to starting their own business, putting that financial risk on their family. And they started, I started seeing a trend. The trend was they wish they started earlier and you have to follow your passion. No matter who it was, they had entrepreneurs at the age of 20 all the way up to 80 years old who were starting their business. And that was the same thing that everybody always said. So that kind of really sunk into me. So I did that role for about a year. And at that point, it was about December 2017, uh, I actually got a message from one of my friends that played soccer with me at the time, uh, with a big group of us, all of our teammates. And I found out that actually one of my close friends passed away unexpectedly at a, um, at a getaway vacation with his girlfriend. So this really actually sunk into me pretty deep. Uh, I have a girlfriend, Megan, over here. Some of you guys may know her as Fit Little Meg. You can stand up, Meg. There you go. She's awesome. But I couldn't imagine, though, if I was on a vacation and I come out of my hotel room and see my significant other on the ground, you know? So that really sunk home to me that tomorrow is not guaranteed. Life is a blessing, and you need to make sure you value every single day you have here. So at that point, my life got twisted in all different directions. I didn't know what the heck was going on. So at that point, I really started kind of taking, taking into consideration my actual passion that was cannabis. And I started really pursuing, how can I get into the cannabis industry? I started brainstorming like crazy. What I started doing was do what I do best is networking. But of course, in Virginia, there's no way to network with people in the cannabis industry. I could go to DC, but most of them, realistically, it's in the gray area still. So a lot of it's still illegal. So at that point, I didn't want to put my family's name at risk. I wanted to do everything 100% legal. So I started reaching out to different cannabis professionals throughout the United States, including Rick Martinez. I connected with him. He was one of the first people I actually connected with. Um, and he really kind of opened my eyes about surrounding yourself with like-minded people, as well as people who are going to keep driving you and keep making you better and who wants to see you succeed. But of course, life, life ironically works itself out. So around two or three months after my friend my friend's passing. My girlfriend Megan started, she was a teacher at the time. She had an opportunity in LA to pursue what she was doing on the side, which was personal training. And so at that point, 
I started realizing, I, started, I was connecting to all these cannabis entrepreneurs, but the thing is, in the cannabis industry, you have to show face. You can't just send a resume in. You can't go through Indeed. You can't get, get hired. That's not how you're going to get into the cannabis industry. You got to go there, show face, because everybody wants to get into it, but nobody wants to actually take the action to actually get into the places. So at that point, I realized, hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go full on, and we're going to move out to California and start interviewing in person because over the phone just doesn't work. You have to have a lot of trust in the cannabis industry because there's a lot of areas that room for, room for mistakes, that's for sure. So of course, when I moved to California, the first thing that I was doing is interviewing for a lot of cannabis companies. At that point, I was in the corporate position, coming with health insurance, coming with a retirement fund, all these benefits that were coming at me, but going into a cannabis industry, a lot of them are startups. So I was trying to make a lateral move. So I was trying to hopefully get paid around the same amount that I wanted to, that in order to be self-sufficient. But of course, a lot of these cannabis companies, especially now the more corporate cannabis companies, they're looking for retail, corporate retail experience or any type of uh, regulated industry experience, which I did not have. So had to go back to the drawing boards. At that point, around the time that I touched down in California, Rick gave me an opportunity to do a pilot program for starting an online CBD store for more of like a marketplace for other people's CBD brands, which was a great opportunity because at the time, about three or four years before, Megan, she actually had a herniated disc surgery. So we were using CBD pretty consistently for inflammation control as well as anxiety and helping me sleep too. So we were very well versed in cannabinoids and CBD specifically. So we figured we might as well go and go all in with this as well. Of course, I also looked at CBD as a way to normalize the use of cannabinoids because the fact that a lot of people have such a misconception about cannabis, the cannabinoids are the parts that actually make up the cannabis family, including hemp and marijuana. Of course, I have a passion for both. The hemp is a good way for us to kind of get out there to the, to the places in the states that are very conservative still, to open their mind that you don't have to get high by consuming these type of cannabinoids. At this point, I was working with a lot of manufacturers to get these products into my online store. And the more I talked to these people, I started realizing that there was a huge area within the athletic realm of making custom formulas specifically for more recovery purposes instead of just a generic version. So at that point, I started brainstorming and I started thinking of ways that I could, I could really get into the market and change what the CBD industry is. Also, I was still applying for cannabis jobs too. So at that point, I realized I started a CBD company that I wanted to eventually start creating my own formulations. But the thing is, I had zero retail experience. So how was I expected to know how to get my, my products into stores or how the stores even work, especially in a regulated industry if I'm selling in California? So at that point, what I did, I put my ego aside. I didn't care about the money that I was making. I was learning, more, I was more focused on the value that I was receiving from the company I worked for. So at that point, I applied for a bud tender position at a company called MedMen, which some people may know. It's a multi-billion dollar marijuana company throughout the United States in multiple states. So they're huge. So they taught me everything from A to Z in terms of compliance. At that point, I actually got promoted into a lead position helping run one of the stores. So I was able to work a lot with them and understand it even better. One thing though that really separated me as well is, like I said, it's a pretty big company. To give you guys kind of an example about how big it is, every single day we see over a thousand customers in our store. 
So that means I'm talking with over a thousand people every single day, asking them questions about what they liked, what they didn't like, what products they were taking, how are they consuming it, what's their preferred method of consumption, how do you want to feel? And these are those questions that you have to know if you're working in the cannabis industry because you're trying to help other people out. It's not a benefit for me. My benefit is seeing somebody else feel good. So at the time though, I told you guys I was networking my butt off in LA. I was going everywhere. Um, unfortunately though, not everybody has the best intentions in this industry, which everybody has to be cautious about. So what I did, me and my girlfriend, we actually met a couple that uh, they were a little bit older than us, and so I thought they had the best intentions. They told me that they wanted to help with advising on making that next step into creating my product, so he, he suggested for me to trademark it. At that point, of course, money was kind of tight since we just moved to LA. LA is really expensive for you guys who haven't been there, but I waited till that next Friday, which is about four days, to go ahead on LegalZoom for them to do the actual trademark. Two days later, I got an email back from them saying I cannot trademark the name because somebody already trademarked that. I went to the email and searched to see who did it because it's all public information. It was that couple that actually uh, trademarked the name right underneath me the night that we talked about it. So at that point, it was a blessing, honestly. Things happen for a reason and the universe works itself out in mysterious ways, but you've got to just go with it. Honestly, it was a blessing because I wanted to kind of step back and realize that the company I had at the time, it was geared more to a younger demographic. When I wanted to have a brand that's a household brand that was impacting everybody across all boards, which was when I came up with Terp Nutrition. Of course, being an entrepreneur is one thing, but being an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry is a completely different battle. There's battles every single day that most people won't have to deal with or even have to worry about. So at that point, I really wanted to focus on kind of what I was learning at MedMen, understanding people's needs as well as customer service, because customer service is everything in order for people to get back. Because we're, we, my company is specifically more focused on other people than ourselves, which some people come into this industry for the wrong reasons. So this is just the beginning of Terp Nutrition. I'm super excited to see what's going to happen next. Excited for you guys to come along on my journey as well. And there's three main things though that I wanted you guys to take away from this. The first thing is it's never too late. You should always be following your dreams to be happy and be confident in what you're doing as a career choice. Number two is in believe in yourself or and believe in your products. You should always do that because other people will be able to tell. If you have a passion and you know that you're providing the best quality products you can. And the third one, is surround yourself with positive and like-minded people because you're gonna be able to prosper if you do that. Thank you guys.